Derek Sembrack. It's time for our little podcast. How are you? It must be Friday, right? It's Friday. <laughs> time to talk movies. Uh-oh. Oh, let's go. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> let's do it. What have you decided to tackle for us this week? This week we're going to talk about two which Oscar-nominated films. We haven't talked about them previously. They're both very heavy subject matters, and that's The Trial of Chicago 7 and Judas and the Black Messiah. Now, let's get ready, folks, because these are heavy dramas, <laughs> and uh, we got to be we got to be get our big boy panties on and go, right? Okay, let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so the first one we're going to talk about is The Trial of uh, Chicago 7. Now, this movie was released in October of 2020, obviously in very limited theaters uh, at that time, and it was then brought sold to Netflix for $50 million, okay? <laughs> now, that is, you know, you know those, those uh, reality shows that flip this house? Yeah. Well, Paramount Studios did flip this movie because <laughs> they made it. They made it for $35 million, sold it for $50 million right off the bat. They took the win up the door, you know, right out the door for $15 million, and, you know, I'm sure they kept on the uh, DVD releasing, Blu-rays and all that kind of stuff. Mm. So Paramount will do good with this film, and this is a highly anticipated, right when it was sold, to Netflix is like, okay, this is an Oscar contender. Now, this is a story about the seven people on trial that stemmed from various charges around the uprising in the 1968 Democratic National Convention in Chicago. Okay, now this was a planned protest about, uh, you know, protest about the Vietnam War mm -hmm. that turned violent against the police officers and the National Guard. Hmm. Does that sound a little familiar? Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Now, this is frightening to see, watch this, and this all takes place in the courtroom. They have flashbacks of what happened, but it's all in the courtroom, okay? Now, this occurred 53 years ago, Mel, and we can relate to this today. This is sad. This is a sad state of affairs. Now, Mel, this is a two-hour and nine-minute courtroom drama that never leaves the courtroom. Now, how can this be compelling? Mm. It's because of outstanding writing of Aaron Sorkin. You know, I've said it before, that Sorkin is the best screenwriter, maybe in cinematic history, at least one of the top five, right? Yeah. And he also directs this all-star cast, but let's talk a little bit about the writing for a minute, because if I told you that there was a movie that's going to be two hours and nine minutes in a courtroom and never leave, how can you say it's going to be good, right? <laughs> it's going to be boring, I right? I would be betting on but, no, no, no. Yes, you're going to say, turn this off. Okay, now the screenplay, he actually wrote it in 2007. That alone should tell you that things don't change from year to year in a, a situation that occurred in 19. 68. So this is, you know, it's just amazing. Now, what it is is that Sorkin could easily have made this film preachy and about this and that and just, you know, making it throw it down your throat kind of thing, but it isn't. But it's a style that makes you wanting to learn more about the situation and how we can learn more from this situation. And believe me, after this movie's done, you will do research on the Chicago 7. Now, I have to admit, I didn't really know about this topic. Yeah. You know, I was two years old at the time. So, and that's what's great about films. Sometimes you'll see a film and you'll say, I want to know more. I don't want to just see the two hours. I want to know more. Now, I know we're running out of time and, and we're talking about the actors who are all great in this thing and I, I feel bad that we got to cut some of these performances out, but you have Eddie Redmayne, Alex Sharp, Mark Reland, Joseph Gordon-Letty, all solid performances, but the, the one who stands out, and this is going to shock you, is Sasha Baron Cohen. Exactly. You're going, huh? What? 
the guy from Borat is an Oscar nominee for this role. And that's what's amazing is that's a performance when somebody can pull off a, that's a comedian with a, with a character that everybody knows and be able to take serious as a dramatic role. Mm-hmm. That is a performance. And I mean, even in this movie, you got a small little role from Michael Keaton that's memorable. Wow. So. This is top-notch stuff. Now, this is nominated for six Academy Awards for Best Picture, Best Editing, Cinematography, Screenplay for Sorkin, um, Best Supporting Actor from Sasha, which we already mentioned, and Best Original Song from Hear My Voice. Now, the interesting thing is Sorkin did not receive a director nod for Best Director. Now, does this eliminate eliminate this for Best Picture? It's happened a few times in in the Oscars, but we'll have to wait and see. But I give The Trial of Chicago 7 4.25 slates out of 5. So this is a must-see. It's one of those movies that you want to see more of. And that's hard for me to say with my, you know, attention deficit disorder for two (laughs) hours and nine minutes to say, I wanted more. I wanted more. (laughs) That is so great. I wasn't born when these events happened. I do like learning about history that I didn't live through. But really what's going to get me to watch that movie is Sasha Baron Cohen in a dramatic role. (laughs) I just want to see what he does and if he is really worthy of that best supporting actor statue. Right. And he won the Golden Globe for it. It's a movie that, you know, makes you, you know, history repeats itself. You yeah. learn that. You go, you know what, come on, people, let's get together here. Exactly. <laughs> so I tried to look for Judas and the Black Messiah, and it had disappeared from all streaming platforms. So I wasn't able to see that this weekend. But you were. Yeah, actually, you know, um, you know, because I vote for, you know, several of the, the awards. Yep. You know, I got screeners myself. Um, this is a movie that appeared in Sundance in 2021. Yes, online. Okay. <laughs> uh, that's okay. Uh, it is, has been playing in theaters. I think they kind of pulled it with the, the Oscar buzz and stuff. And, you know, this is what it is. Judas and the Black Messiah is about a is a true story based on Fred Hampton, who is played by Daniel Kalula. Uh, he's a young, charismatic activist who becomes the chairman of the Illinois chapter of the Black Panther Party. Now, this puts him in crossfires with the U.S. government again. It's the same thing with, like, Billy Holiday versus the U.S. government. This is another thing. The government wants to destroy this revolution. Now, what do they have to do? They have to send an inside man, just like in the other one, um, and that would be uh, Bill O'Neill, who is played by Lakeith uh, Stanford. Now, this is another film, amazing acting, amazing directing, cinematography, music even. Um, this is a movie that you're going to sit there and you're going to go, wow, this is what happened. And this is a movie that will make you angry at the end. And you're going to say, mm. how can I make a difference? Little, big, medium, how, what? can I do to make things change? Because there's another story that, you know, is, you know, a long time ago yeah. and still very pertinent today. Now, let's talk a little bit about Daniel's performance, because once again, when you can portray a role and nobody remembers the role you were in before, mm-hmm. now, he remember him from Get Out, which he was fantastic yes. in. And that's a very predominant role where you're like, and you, when he walks into this movie, you're not saying, oh, that's a guy from Get Out, you oh, know? Yeah. And his performance all along is just as powerful and it's how charismatic he is on the screen. You don't think of a role that, you know, was so him, you know what I mean? Oh, that's a guy from Get Out. Similar to Sasha in, you know, Borat. It's the same thing. It's like, oh, that's that guy. And he pulls it off. And uh, also, Lakeith, his role is, is a struggle, okay? He's there 
and he's working for the government, uh-huh. but he's also dealing with the racial issues that he's dealing with personally and also with the government. So both of those ties in, and it's just a, it's a piece that also makes you want to know more about the Black Panther movement, about civil rights during that mm-hmm. time period, and it's something that's still pertinent today. Both of these films that we're talking about today is like, wake up, people, yeah. let's make make some changes here. Okay, now this also received six Oscar nominations for Best Picture Cinematography, two supporting roles for Lakeith and Daniel. Now this is one that's going to be who mm-hmm. who do you vote for? You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like they're both in the same movie. Both outstanding, you know, performances, and how does how is that going to split? Do they split the vote? Does someone else get it? So yeah. this is going to be an interesting category for best supporting actor, also best screenplay, and also music. Almost the same categories as you know uh, the trial of Chicago Seven and uh, Kalula. He he actually won uh, best supporting actor for uh, the Golden Globe. So you got that one against Sasha. So it's, it's going to be an interesting time. <laughs> and like I said before this. This is a movie that will make you angry at the end, question why, why, why. Um, And, you know, we learn from Hampton's passion, and we'll be asking ourselves how can we make a a small change or a big change, whatever change. But this is uh, a powerful, powerful movie, Uh, one of my favorites of this year. But I do give it four slates out of five. Not bad. We haven't had anything (laughs) above four in a long time, so that speaks volumes right there. And, and I love this time period, you know, when all the Oscar movies are coming out and you're comparing them and doing all this stuff. I mean, this is the time, you know. Mm-hmm. And this year, uh, you know, obviously the Oscars have been pushed. So a lot of the movies that probably would have fallen, because this one would have fallen, really, in 2021. Right. But because the Oscars pushed their timeline for submissions, they got in this year. So I'm not sure if that was the right move for them as a, as a film. Uh-huh. I think they could have held off because this year is also going to be a year that you're not going to have a lot of movies released. You know, studios are still pulling back. Mm-hmm. So I think I think they would have had a better chance at, you know, 2021 than 20 to win Best Picture. But, you know, hey, uh, what, what, what do I know? <laughs> <laughs> Everything. That's why we have a podcast based solely on you, my friend. <laughs> no, that's really great. Before we wrap up the podcast here in the Bay Area, we are starting to open up and, and seeing things get back into whatever the new normal is going to be. What are the latest plans for the Arenda Theater. Yeah, um, we're, we're not opening until May. Um, we're slowly, um, you know, moving out okay. uh, to open the doors. We're doing a lot of uh, restoration currently. Um, you know, from uh, black light uh, in the main auditorium, we found out that the that the murals are actually fluorescent. So it's like, okay, <laughs> let's uh, let's bring that all back. So uh, we're doing a, a lot of restoration. So we're going to take our time. We're going to do some private uh, rentals and that kind of stuff to roll out. But uh, you know, we want. We've always said from the very beginning, we want to open when we feel it's safe for our uh, patrons and our staff and that, that's what we're doing but it's great to see theaters in the in, in the bay area uh, open you know walnut creek is opening you know pleasant hill you know i think not too far away we're going to see the vine cinema i think is open on uh in april so you know it, it's starting to come back so that's all good that's <laughs> always good news well thanks for everything derek and remember to like us on facebook the box officer podcast has a facebook page yes. we just need your like right and even if you want to vote for our season, that's even good. We're still in the top 50. So yeah. <laughs> what can we say? That's right. So Google Podcast Magazine Top 50 and vote for the Box Officer Podcast. Thanks for listening.